Ephesians chapter number four, and uh, we're going to be looking uh, particularly in uh, verses 20 through 24. And uh, this morning, it's really a um, an understanding of what God is doing in our life, how he is bringing a change in our life. And this morning, it's, it's going to be real practical on how the Lord changes us. Uh, do you believe that change is possible as a Christian? Do you believe that addictions, habits, um, the way that we act can change and that we can live the life that God wants us to live? I believe so. I believe that gospel change is a reality for every believer in Christ. If you know Christ as your Savior, you have the power to change your behavior. You have the power to break any addiction in your life. Uh, we have that ability is what God's word uh, teaches us uh, different in, in, in the word what he teaches us. You see, when we, when we think about change, many times we're, we're all in for it. I mean, that's the reason why uh, weight loss programs and all those types of things begin at the beginning of the year. Uh, because people are like, yes, I want change. I want to live differently. Or they show the, uh, the guy, you know, working out. And, you know, boy, you can, you can be this and you can do that. Or uh, all the different commercials that come on and things like that. People do want change. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of it, sometimes we think, you mean I actually have to live differently? No way. Not going to do that. You see, some people don't want to accept their need for change. And the story, I remember hearing a story about a doctor talking to a man uh, who told the man to give up red meat because of his health was declining. So what the man did is he quit putting ketchup on his hamburgers. You see, the Christian life is a changed life. It should be a changed life. If you claim to believe in Christ, but you are living just as you used to live before you met Christ and before you believed in him, you need to examine whether or not you truly have believed in Christ. Because becoming a Christian requires turning from your old sin, your old sinful lifestyle repenting of that and turning to Jesus Christ and believing the gospel. That is true, authentic, real change is what the scriptures teach us. But see, but repentance is not this one-time event. I believe the Christian life is a continual life of being transformed and being changed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. True gospel change. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 teaches us it's from one degree to another degree. You are being changed from glory to glory, ever becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. 
If you remember last week, we looked at the verses that proceed here uh, in uh, before verse 20, and, and Paul gives us this ghastly picture of the person, the, the Gentile, the unbeliever, the pagan person who is living without Christ, and how their mind is darkened. They're alienated from the life of God. They, they run after things that are foolish. They're just grasping at like soap bubbles. There's nothing really to it. It's, their life is but vanity. And he tells us that is not the way that you learned Christ. So that's what we're going to look at here this morning. That the main idea is that I want you to take away from here is that a changed life only happens when we are transformed through the gospel. A changed life only happens as we are transformed through the gospel. And Paul's going to outline that for us here in these uh, next verses as we uh, look at it. So let's look at this life-changing message of the gospel and how it can apply uh, to your life. First of all, you must know Christ personally. Have you ever prayed prayers like this as a Christian? Maybe you've fallen into a pattern of sin or a vicious cycle of sin, or maybe you continue to fall into the same sin that always trips you up. And you pray a prayer like this, you might say, Lord, uh, help me not to do that again. Or, Lord, just take this away from me. Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want this to be a part of my life anymore. Has anybody ever prayed prayers like that? I know I have. So where does the change begin? Well, you must know Christ personally. Look at verses 20 and 21. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. You see, true biblical change comes from knowing Christ personally. Paul gives us four things here about this change that is found in knowing Christ. Look at them. Number one, change begins by knowing Christ. What does this mean to learn Christ? He says, that is not the way you learned Christ. What does this mean to learn Christ? He's saying that to become a Christian, it's a matter of coming to know Christ personally. Yes, you must know about who he is, that he is the son of God, that he is the one that came to uh, ransom you from your sins. Yes, we must know that. We must understand that he died on the cross as a substitute for us, that he satisfied God's wrath for us, that we are free from condemnation when we trust in Christ to save us. But you can know all of those things about Christ and not know him personally. Jesus prayed in John 17, 3. He said, now this is life eternal. That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. You see, the Christian life begins when you receive eternal life from God through faith in Jesus Christ. And at that moment, you come to know him personally. And so that initial counter that we have with the Lord, it's only the beginning of an eternal relationship with him. But if you have not entered into that personal relationship with Christ, I would urge you, I would, I would beg of you to repent of your sin and turn to Christ. Don't go through life thinking that everything is good and everything is wonderful. 
because the judge will come back and when he comes back, he will release wrath and you must have that relationship with Christ. You must repent. And so you need to know Christ personally. Secondly, change begins by hearing Christ. Notice the phrase, look what he says. Assuming that you have heard about him. This is not saying that he's doubting that they have not heard about Christ, but rather reinforcing that they have. Assuming that you have heard about Christ. Paul is saying, I know that you have heard him. That he was not talking about an audible hearing of him. But there came a time in your life and in my life, if you know Christ as your Savior, that you heard Christ as he said, come to me. Trust me. Receive me. Repent. We heard him and we said, yes, I want that. I want Jesus. And he's saying that you have heard about him. This changed life begins when God opens our ears to hear Jesus Christ in the gospel and respond with obedient faith. Thirdly, look what he says here. Change begins by being taught in Christ. Now this is so important. Notice the way that Paul words this. He says, not taught by him, but taught in him. There is a huge difference between those two. You see, the phrase in Christ basically sums up all of Paul's view on what it means to be a Christian. Remember here in chapter 1, just go with me real quick. Chapter 1 of Ephesians, we've been going through all of this. Mark these phrases as I go through them. Look what he says, chapter 1, verse number 1. The saints that are faithful in Christ Jesus. Look at chapter 1, verse number 3. We have received every spiritual blessing in Christ. Look at chapter 1, verse number 4. He says that God chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Chapter 1, verse number 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Look at verse number 9, chapter number 1. He made known to us the mystery of His will which He purposed in Him. Chapter 1, verse number 10 through 11, he says, In him we've obtained an inheritance. Look at uh, chapter 1, verse number 13. In him we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at chapter 1, verse number 20. God's surpassing power towards us was revealed in Christ. So when he raised him from the dead... So these are just the uh, few phrases of, of these blessings that we have in Christ. And Paul says that you have been taught in Christ. If you know Christ, you are in Christ. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So to be taught in Christ means to be taught from the standpoint of this new relationship positionally. I am in Christ. That's who I am. I'm not what the world says I am. I'm not what Satan says I am. I am in 
Christ. And Christ is teaching us from a new standpoint that this is who you are. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You are sealed. You have the blessings that have been piled up upon you. They've been lavishly poured upon you. Grace has been lavishly poured upon you. That's who we are in Christ. And it's a never-ending pursuit of being changed by who we are, being taught in Christ. And it's the truth of being changed by truth. Look at uh, fourthly here in these verses. Change begins by knowing the truth that is in Jesus. I cannot overstate this so much. Where does true change begin? It begins in Jesus Christ. There is this thinking that sometimes we as Christians adopt that God maybe has a magic wand or there's one of those little uh, staples easy buttons that you push and life just becomes easy. That doesn't happen. Change begins in Jesus Christ. He says the truth that is in Jesus This phrase, this truth that is in Jesus builds upon all these previous phrases that you were taught in him, that you heard him, that you learned Christ. You see, the reason that Christ here is the focus of instruction is that he said he is the embodiment of truth, the truth that is in Jesus. Jesus is truth. Remember what Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. John chapter number one, it says that we beheld him as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the embodiment of truth. He is the representation of truth itself. Notice the preceding verses here. He talks about Christ. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. But then here, this phrase, he says, as the truth is in Jesus. Why the distinction? Why didn't he say the truth that is in Christ? Why does he say the truth that is in Jesus? Because Christ is the title. Christ is what is who they were looking for. Christ was a title that was given to the Messiah. Jesus was a name. Jesus was a person. And the name Jesus focuses on the historical person who was born of the Virgin Mary, who worked as a carpenter. He walked around Israel healing the sick, performing miracles. He was crucified. He was raised to life bodily. And he was seen by many of his disciples after the resurrection. And he ascended into heaven bodily. And all of these historic facts lie behind the name Jesus. So when we talk about change, if we want real change in our life, it's not a program, it's not a method, it's not an idea, it is Jesus who does the change. And that's what we have to understand, that Jesus Christ is the one that is working in us both to do and to will of his good pleasure. And so if we want change, we have to know Christ. If we want change in our life, 
We have to be taught by Christ. We have to learn Christ. Because Jesus is the one that brings true, authentic, real change in our lives. So why is all this important? Because if the gospel accounts are nothing but more just fictional stories, they're not true. Jesus, if Jesus really didn't rise from the dead, then is what Paul said. He said, you are still in your sins. And there's really nothing to life. But because Jesus resurrected from the dead, we have true power to be able to change our lives. In order to be able to live the Christian life that God wants us to live. This changed life is in Jesus Christ. You must know him personally. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Now look how Paul says this. He sets it up. He says, if you want change, you have to know Christ. You have to be taught in him. You have to learn him. But then he says, to put off your old self. Verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. If there's going to be true gospel change in your life, you must put off your old self. True biblical change only exists within putting off your old self. We don't change in warm and fuzzy land. It doesn't happen. We have to put off our old man, which is corrupt and deceitful in its desires. So let's think about this here for a moment. Let's just say that I have some form of an addiction. I'm a Christian. Can Christians have an addictions? Absolutely. And I want true biblical change in my life. I desire it. I know Christ, but I want change. I don't just say, God, just please take this away from me. That doesn't happen. God's word gives us the description of what we are supposed to do to put off our former self, our old man, our old nature, which is corrupt and deceitful in its desires. So if I have some form of addiction, whether I drink or whether I uh, participate in some type of recreational type drug or whatever the case may be, okay, I'm addicted and I have to break that addiction God's word says I can change. It's possible. But I have to put off the old man. I have to take it off. I have to leave it. Because as a Christian, I have the power to do so. I can put off those old desires, that, that old man. What that probably means that I probably should get rid of maybe the friends that I hang out with. Maybe if I'm having problems with what I'm watching, maybe that means that I should cancel Netflix or cut the cable or something like that. You should put off the old man. That takes true discipline to do that. But God's word says it's, it's capable of doing that. He works in us both to do and to will of his good pleasure. This phrase, this old self, is literally this old man, this old manner of life that we used to live. And so the old man refers to all that we were before we were saved. And so when we, we were ruled by the evil desires and practices, 
Uh, Paul says this here in Philippians 4.19. He says they have, uh, or excuse me, Ephesians 4.19, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And so Paul uses this same phrase of putting off this old man in Romans 6.6. 6. He says, our old man was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. But we just sang that song, I am no longer a slave. Wow, that's powerful. No longer a slave to sin. I really encourage you to read through Romans 6 and meditate upon it because there is so much gospel truth there of how to change. And so when Paul talks here about being changed in Christ, he's trying to teach us something, putting off the old man. You see, when Christ died on the cross, we died with him positionally. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised up with him, is what scripture teaches us. We are to reckon these facts to be true in our daily practice so that we will not yield to sin, is what scripture teaches us. He says, so you too consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You have the truth. Do you believe it? See, that's what we struggle with. God's word is true. It's truth. And he says, these are the things that are true. This is how you change. But are you going to believe it? Are you going to obey it regardless of how you feel? That's where change is. Putting off the old man, which is corrupt. Believing what God's word says is true. And obeying the word of God. That's how we change. That's how we make the changes in our life. Romans 8.13 tells us, if, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Colossians 3.5 says, So put to death whatever in your nature belongs to the earth, sexual immorality, impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Why do we need to put to death our members if we already died? Because we must daily apply the facts that are true of us positionally, that we are crucified with Christ, that we have been set free, that we are no longer under condemnation. Those things are true about you if you've already received Christ as your Savior. So, yes, at the moment that we got saved, we were saved. And we trusted in Christ. But there is a daily putting off the old man. As one old preacher used to say it, he said, keep the old man in the ground. Don't allow him to come back up and rule your life with the evil desires and the passions that we have. You see, sin deceives us into thinking that It'll give us freedom and fulfillment, but it's a lie. Sin only defiles, enslaves, and ultimately destroys the person who is deceived by it. And so when you turn to Christ, you were liberated from sin. But because of the death of Christ, you now have died with Christ. And you were raised to new life from death to life is what you have. 
And so we must put off those dirty old clothes. Uh, I have a pair of shorts that my wife says they need to retire to the garbage. And I say, no, 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 they're still good. They're still good. And she goes, these things are threadbare. And I wonder how many times we daily, we put on the old man, the old self. We still live the same way as we used to live. We fight, we bicker, we argue. We lie, we cheat, we steal. We worship other gods. And God calls us to new life to change, to be changed. And we must put off the old man, which is corrupt and deceitful with its desires. Look at this third thing here. Renew the spirit of your mind. You see, it's not just enough to put off or take off or to put off. There must be a renewal process. That phrase, be renewed, means that it is a continual, that it's ongoing This is our sanctification process. This is how God is at work in our lives. So let's just say I want to break a habit in my life. I put it off. I stop doing it. Uh, One of those uh, things, uh, have you ever heard the joke, uh, when is a door not a door? When it's a jar. When it's a jar, yeah. (laughs) When is a thief no longer a thief? When he stops stealing? No. No. When he is something different. When is a liar no longer a liar? When he quits lying? No. When he is something different. If we want change, there has to be a renewal process that takes place in our mind. In other words, we have to renew our minds. It has to change. Where do we renew our minds? It's through the power of the word of God. Paul says here that this renewing, look what he says, it takes place in the spirit of your mind. You see, God does this renewing process as we obey him by saturating our minds with this life-transforming truth, the word of truth. David said, where should a man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. So God's spirit performs this work of renewal in us. But we are responsible to use the means of renewal. So this whole thing of, Lord, just take this away from me. That doesn't work. You have to put in the effort. You have to renew your mind. So if you're struggling, let's just say a person might be, uh, has a lot of anxiety in life. They're a very anxious person. They worry about everything. Do you want to change that in your life? God says you can change that. How do you do it? Well, stop worrying. Command after command after command. God tells you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Don't fret, don't worry. Don't be afraid, don't worry. He tells us that. So we stop doing it. But then what do we have to do? We have to renew our mind. That means we take the word of God... Verses that deal with worrying, verses that deal with with fear, verses that deal with, with fretting. And we begin to memorize those. We begin to commit those to memory. And we renew our mind with what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 through 5 says this. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but have divine power to destroy 
strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so if we want real biblical change, you and I must submit and obey to the word regardless of how we feel. And the truths of God's word will renew our minds. They will change our thinking on how we are supposed to act. So this changed life begins by coming to know Christ personally, putting off the old man, stop doing those things that are uh, corrupt and deceitful, and then we renew our mind through the word of God. And then he says this, lastly, verse 24, and to put on the new self. So put on the new man created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, when you first trusted Christ, you were given new life. You've been made alive in him. But you must live in their new, that new life every single day. We must continue putting on this new man every day. By making true in our life what is actually true of us positionally. Everything that Paul has been building on all through chapter 1 through chapter 3. Everything that is true of us positionally in Christ. Paul's going to make this very specific as he'll go into uh, verses 25 all the way through uh, uh, chapter 6 about certain things, lying and stealing and the way we treat uh, each other, our, our spouses and our marriage and stuff. How to change those things. Look at this phrase here. Look what he says. And to be put on the new self created after the likeness of God. The likeness of God. So we are supposed to put on this new man that has been created after the likeness of God. What does that mean? You see, God is the creator of this new man. Remember Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10. He said, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This new man that Christ has created us to be. This changed life of the believer is not something that we conjure up by our own willpower. It's not something that we do ourselves. It's through God's power that we live. God created us as new creatures in him. Look at that phrase again, after the likeness of God. When we make something after the same likeness, we're following a pattern. Some of you uh, ladies that like to sew, um, usually you have a pattern, something that you follow. Something, and you may change the measurements, but there is a certain pattern that you follow. And the Bible tells us that we are created after the likeness of him. There's a pattern. And what is that pattern? Look what he says. In true righteousness and holiness. So that's what we're created in. We're created in true righteousness and holiness, following this pattern. You see, righteousness and holiness are aspects of God's character. And God is righteous. He is holy. So as believers, we are to be putting on that new man that is created after the same pattern of righteousness and holiness. We are to be looking more 
and more like Jesus Christ. How does that happen? It's through the truth. The truth that is in Jesus Christ that you have heard and you have been taught in him. In verses 20 and 21. That is not the way that you learned Christ. That you've been taught in Jesus. You've heard Jesus. The truth that is in Jesus. So do you want to change life? Do you want transformation in your life? Jesus says it's possible. Paul says it's possible. The word of God says it's possible. But you have to put off the old man. You have to renew your mind. And then you have to put on the new man, obeying the word of God, whatever it says to do. And you obey it regardless of how you feel. Let's pray together.